The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. And hello, everybody, and welcome back to our number two of Sports Talk New York here on Long Island's WGBB. Gary Harding and John Panarese with you for the second hour of tonight's show. Uh, again, before we uh, continue, uh, we just want to make sure that everybody knows that you can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBBSportsTalk.com. You can also visit our website, which is, uh, sorry, that's WGBBSportsTalk.com where you can catch all past shows and check out any upcoming show information. And lastly, if you don't already, and we think you should, we invite you to subscribe to the podcast of WGBB Sports Talk New York on iTunes, Spotify, and just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. John, you survived the first hour. You ready for number two? Yes, sir. You ready for a change of pace? Yes, we get to Mets. Yes, we get to the New York Metropolitans, and I wished I had my Meet the Mets music on here. I dumb i didn't bring it with me but anyway um we have a a uh past contributor to the show rejoining us tonight his name is tim boyle he is involved with a site called the rising apple which is a fan-sided uh site devoted to the new york mets a great site to get met information if you're not doing so already tim it's gary and john here on wgbb sports talk and welcome back to the show my friend Hi, Gary and John. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I will not be singing uh, the Mets theme song, but um, oh, anyway, on. I'm here regardless. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I may know a reason why. Um, I've had some birdies whisper in my ear, and I know if, if people don't, again, if people are not checking out your your site, they should, because yeah. you've got a lot of great writers talking some good stuff, but I, I've heard some rumors that some of your writers took a sojourn about a 1,000 miles east and been scoping Port St. Lucie restaurants to find if some people were having dinner. Am I hearing any truth to that rumor? Uh, um, I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that. Um, <laughs> we, may, we, we may have had a few uh, of our writers disguised as caterers, a couple washing dishes in the back, uh, trying to see if there's any whispers into any uh, $350 million contracts, but um, I can neither confirm nor deny any information. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I've been hearing $300 million and you popped three fifty. What yeah, do you put, what do you know? What do you do? You're putting in 80% of that yourself, Tim? <laughs> Gee, I didn't well, realize well, that, I didn't realize fans side have paid you so well. <laughs> uh, well, um, based on the tips that they're giving out to our big <laughs> waiters and uh, valet, um, we're, we're upping it to another $50 million. That's, nice. that's again, that's per sweet. no source what Whatsoever. That's no, sweet. No, not at all. <laughs> you know, after this crazy year we've had, you know, with the pandemic and how sports have have really, you know, gone through so many changes. It's even though we're not, you know, fully out of the woods yet as far as all that goes, but it's still so great to know that when the when the calendar flips over from March to April, we can hear the crack of the bat. We can hear the umpires yelling strike three. We hear baseball back. I mean, doesn't that just give you the chills? It's wonderful. I mean, we've, we're actually getting the weather here in the Northeast, too, to match with it. Um, minus today. today. Wasn't th- oh, minus today. Yeah, yeah, minus today. Minus, uh, I think, Thursday, I originally saw there might be some snow. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> we're, we're putting away our jackets already, and uh, it's it, that's what I love about the spring training the most is you can really – just visually seeing the sunshine and everything, you already get the feel of it, that it's coming uh, in your own backyard. Uh, I'm ready for the season to start. 
Well, give us an overview. You've, 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 I'm sure, got to catch, uh, you know, the preseason games, the spring training games. Give us uh, your feelings, your thoughts on what this team is going to look like on, on April 1st and what you think we should expect. Um, I think what we're going to expect is um, good things. I mean, I, I know that's how we feel every time in March, April, but there seems to be just a different vibe around the whole team. Just how uh, positive a lot of the new guys, too, Kevin Pillar, uh, Jordan Yamamoto, there's a different sense, I feel, around even with these more minor guys that might not be on the opening day roster. Um, there's no negativity just really surrounding the team. The only thing that we can really pinpoint is that maybe some of the extensions we want may not get done on time. But uh, other than that, I think it's, it's all good um, coming into opening day right now. We know pretty much we've known what the whole roster will look like, uh, with the exception of a few injuries that have come in here and there. But uh, it's, it's good things. I, I can't see how this team won't compete uh, immediately. And it looks like, you know, you you know, you always wonder, you know, I mean, Watching Lindor, you know, through all those years in Cleveland, you know, his attitude, his joie de vivre, if you will, you know, always positive, and and you wonder, you know, you know, a guy like that coming into a new organization, how he would assimilate, you know, in the beginning, everybody's crying after the first three games, he only had one hit, oh, he's doing this, everybody's moaning and groaning, but man, two weeks later, boy, not only is he is he hitting the cover off the ball. And again, it's spring training. We know that. But he's, he's hitting the cover off the ball. He's fielding well. But he seems like everybody gravitates to him. And it's exactly, you know, I close my eyes and I look at a guy that wore number seven that had that same kind of vibe in the same position. But, you know, this guy's wearing number 12. He's got more power. And to me, he's a lot more happier. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I like that word that you use, Schwabavive. I, I, I can't say it. Schwabavive. Schwabavive. How do you spell that? Uh, don't ask. I didn't take French. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pronounced right because I go to Montreal a lot, but uh, I don't. I don't ask me to spell it. Okay. S- S- uh, yeah. She'll tell you. Yeah, ask Siri. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but definitely Lindor is um, the game changer. He's the the uh, one player that we all, I think most people were satisfied looking to get this offseason um, between the chase for all the free agents, he was really the one uh, guy that could be the difference maker. I mean, he's, what, 26, 27 years old? Uh, he's just about to enter his time. There's a whole, and he just brings everything. I mean, there's nothing negative that you can really say about his game or what he brings to the locker room. Definitely excitement wow, with him uh, right there in the middle of the lineup, in the top of the lineup. I, I'm I'm really curious to see how they're going to end up using him uh, full time, even lineup. if he starts in the middle and moves to the top somewhere. I thought that I'd heard they were going to have Nimmo and him hitting one and two. Is uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but that's that's what I had heard. But what um. <sighs> I've been just reading so much nonsense. Do you have concerns about Nimmo being the everyday? center fielder. I'm just getting tired of reading this stuff over and over again. Oh, they're going to play him too much. They're going to play him too much. Yeah, I I feel like people sometimes get too caught up in these defensive metrics that um, nobody quite fully understands. And a lot of it, too, is a little fugazi. I mean, my understanding of a lot of these defensive metrics, too, is it measures how often you you get chances 
where maybe they're just not hitting the ball to you. I don't know. Maybe I just don't fully understand it. But I'm not concerned. Yeah, he's going to knock it to all the balls that he needs to. He's going to make a few more errors than we would like. He might not have the greatest arm or anything, but it really doesn't worry me. I think he's going to more than make up with it uh, for how often he gets on base. And, I mean, in 2020, I know the sample size of what we always say about last year was smaller, but he actually hit for average last year. I think he was in the 280s. So he's he's actually getting better. So anything he lacks defensively, I think he can more than make up with uh, out at the plate. Right, and you cover it with your corner your corner outfielders and Conforto. You know, I think can do fine, and you can actually you know replace them or switch them. You know, when you need to, Senator Wright. But you know, um, I liked. I was so happy last year with the way Dom Smith took his. Took his game to another level, and again, again, another guy who just loves the game and loves to be in it. You know, you know, to have to be behind a guy like Pete at first base. You know, he took that moving to the outfield and said, "You know what? I don't care. Just let me in the lineup and let me do what I have to do." And he's doing it again, and he's ma- he's making decisions incredibly difficult for Met management right now because he just he's like that bug that just don't want to go away. Yeah, definitely. I think it all—it all started back in 2019 when he, uh, ironically, lost his first base job. Yep. It seemed like the team really had no place for him, and he just played it cool. Um, that it was what was it in 2018 when he addressed his uh, sleep issues? Uh, yeah, that I don't know what what that did. What doctor he saw that seemed to really change him around. He was late to the spring training meeting, and ever since then, he's been a different guy uh, on and off the field. So it's, it's great to see. And he's, uh, it's, a, it's amazing. what he, He's actually hitting for power now, too, which is something he never did at the minor league level. He was always more of a 300 hitter uh, without much pop. But uh, last year, I think he had 21 doubles in 50-some games. Yeah. I mean, at that pace, he could hit 50 in a season. Definitely. Do you have any position that right now that you feel the the Mets are kind of, were kind of iffy on, or do you think that the lineup overall is is solid? Uh, yeah, position wise, I'm not really sure. Uh, of course, the bullpen, but <laughs> I'm going to get to that. Well, I didn't want to talk about the bullpen. That. Yeah, I was going to get to <laughs> yeah. the next question. But, well, but, but um. Out of the position players, I mean, I think some people might be hyping up what James McCann might be able to do at the plate a little too much. But uh, we didn't really bring him here for what he can hit anyway. We want him to be able to call a good game, play good defense. So that's really one thing I think people might be a little disappointed with. Um, J.D. Davis, of course, his defense. And he really took a step back last year. Uh, he didn't have the same power. He didn't hit for much average. Uh, I think his LPS was actually pretty close to what it was in 2019, though, which uh, was kind of something people overlooked a little bit. He still managed to get on base uh, very well. Uh, but those are the, really the two positions I might have any concern with. Alonzo, even if he doesn't hit for much average, he's going to hit his home runs, and that's going to make a huge difference for the Mets. Yeah, it was funny how they, you know, everybody said, oh, he had a bad year, or oh, he had a bad year, but he was on pace for, four, you know, again, small sample size. He was on pace for 44, 43, 44 home runs. Yeah, I mean, which is nothing you know, to it's, Exactly, but, um, 
you know, the thing that shocked, another thing that shocked me, and again, I don't even want to talk about the relief core, and truthfully, I, I don't think John does, and I really just, just, I just close my eyes and pray. Yeah. That's about what it comes to that. But, uh, are you, do you have any excitement when you heard the talk that, that a certain pitcher who was out all last year threw 97 on the gun yesterday? Um, I, I, I mean, we'll have to wait and see when he does get back. I mean, when somebody's doing well in spring training, it's, oh, that's cool. When they're doing bad, of course, it's the end of the world. Uh, it's good to know that he is progressing, though, yeah. because if he can come back and uh, guys like Lucchese and Peterson are still pitching well in the rotation, Carrasco comes back, he pushes them out. The Mets are going to have a lot of good problems to figure out for themselves yeah just and one somebody, one add on to that before i get to john i uh i saw your article how you were a little bit uh uncertain with uh the fact of doing a a a opener uh game instead of a uh a starter pitching your your thoughts on that yeah i thought it was a little odd that they waited until uh the third to last game of spring training to t- try this out it would have been interesting to see if this was something that they actually implemented a little earlier on and uh, gave it a few tries, whereas just doing it once, it doesn't really say if it's a good or bad idea, so uh, I guess they're just going to try it in the regular season, but I would have liked to maybe do it three times, maybe just that, and get a good idea if it's going to work. It's interesting that they chose uh, Jacob Barnes, another guy who was I still have questions about him, uh, pairing him with Lucchese, but I mean, if they get the best out of both of them, I mean, all for it. Uh, but it worked out yes- yesterday fine, um, but that was also the offense uh, helped out a little bit, uh, so we'll just have to see if this actually does work. I don't think it's something that they'll do all season long, uh, but they'll experiment with it, I'm sure. I, I was just That was going to kind of be my next question, was do you think that they're trying that out because of the fact that Carrasco is is out and may be out until May, <clears throat> and just sort of to you know cover their bets, so to speak, you know, in case they need that that spot start and they're going to just get a committee, you know, start going. Is is that what you would think? Why they why they're trying it out? I guess is my question. Yeah, I, I think that that because I think Carrasco is supposed to come back and. What was it? Maybe mid-May, late May, and you always have to err on the side of it being a little bit later than expected. Uh, so I think Lucchese will get his start, and based on the early schedule, there tends to be a few extra off days. So who knows if maybe he will just find a spot in the bullpen to start off the year and. Uh, as pitchers are more tired, less tired out of the bullpen, we'll see what they do. Uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt to uh, do it once or twice, even if it fails. I think the last reliever that actually started the game was uh, Jerry Blevins back in 2018, and that worked out very poorly. That was one of those bullpen games, mm-hmm. um, and he won't be around, unfortunately, to start the season. Right. Uh, but we'll have to see if he actually does get a chance to redeem himself as an opener for the Mets this year. Well, we do got to talk, obviously, all, all, all aspects of the team, and uh, I, I'll bring this bullpen question up. And I, I think, I think I might have a, a way of helping Mr. Diaz get his act together. And okay, I'm, I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna steal it from the movie Major League One. 
Okay. Maybe he's going to do. Three. Yeah, you know, if you remember the first one, you remember at the end when Serato wanted more power, they went to go sacrifice a live chicken, and they <laughs> went and got the the, the 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 bucket of KFC instead. Do you think a similar kind of thing should be done with Diaz to maybe find out where where he can get his fastball, maybe to move a little bit more than two inches? So, so we're saying we're going to get the guy from KFC, or are we going to sacrifice a live chicken? Either, either way would work. <laughs> either, either way. Come um, on, come on. Major league, major league movie references are always good. <laughs> I, I mean, they, maybe they were sacrificing chickens all last year. I mean, well. <laughs> I'm willing to do anything at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it must have been a couple. Of, I mean, it worked for Wade Boggs. Uh, he, he, I don't know if it could work for. That's true. He had fried chicken before every game. You're right. absolutely right. Too. Yeah, yeah, and and he drank what uh, about sixty beers on a flight across the country. Yeah, but uh, I don't think I don't think that'll work for Diaz so much. Uh, he needs to be ready for the ninth inning whenever called upon. But is there anybody in the bullpen that you seem to have confidence? I mean, I read an article say Gazelman's not. You know, I haven't really looked as closely as I need to because, you know, we're Islander people and hockey season's on and we're really more focused on that. But it doesn't seem like anybody in the bullpen has done, in my honest opinion, anything serviceable. And how can you feel comfortable? You're going to expect your starters, especially in April, to to go seven innings and try to and try to except for Jacob, of course, you know, to go that length of time because, you know, you need your bullpen in your first 40, 50 games of the season. But. I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, it's it's hard to feel any optimism for the bullpen. I mean, the chances is losing velocity on his fastball. Uh, Familia's familia. Uh, a lot of people are high on Trevor May. Um, I he doesn't have a long track record, but he did pitch well for the Minnesota Twins the last few years. So he might be uh, a surprisingly uh, great reliever for the Mets. And let's not forget Seth Lugo uh, when he gets back. Of course. When does he do? Uh, when does he do back, Tim? He's due back, I think, at the end of May, which probably means closer to June. Uh, so, well, and, and, the, and you never know with things like this. He's had the, uh, issues for a few years now. Um, so I wouldn't be the most optimistic about him returning and being fully healthy and effective right away. So we'll just have to, uh, wait on him, really. Uh, I, there's other, a few other guys that might be able to do something, uh, out of the bullpen. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm excited to actually see one guy is, uh, Sam McWilliams. Uh, he's not gonna start, open the season with the club, but I, I think he might be able to be a pretty effective, uh, reliever for the Mets this year, even though he's typically a starter. I just don't see that being his role in the, uh, immediate future. But uh, if he does get to the big leagues, uh, he's definitely an intriguing uh, name to watch. Non non pitcher, throw throw out a name of a guy who we should kind of keep on the radar, who may surprise us. That's not being you know talked about as as somebody who you'd normally you know the the big name players. A non pitcher, uh, I mean, Luis Guillerme got got onto our radar with his 22 pitch walk. Yeah, Yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. Um, I think Kevin Pilar actually, I'm pretty high on him. I I think he can bring some good things to the Mets. Uh, Jonathan VR too, off the bench. uh, That's actually one of my favorite parts about this team is what they have on the the bench. Uh, VR, uh, Guillerme, uh, even Almora. 
Yeah, I think I think one of them might have a much better than expected season. I don't think they're gonna win a starting job over any of the starters, but they can have a pretty good year. Uh, all of them have had some success in the past, uh, both either defensively, uh, offensively, or uh, doing both of those things well. I mean, Pilar in San Francisco a few years ago, yeah, it was 21st place or so in the MVP voting, but he had a pretty good year. Uh, he hit with some power. And, of course, he was a defensive marvel with the Blue Jays for several yeah. years. Well, right, right now, I think if anybody has a pulse, they beat Jed Lowry. So I think, so, so in my case, you know, for them, anything is a plus. You know, it's, it's a. Well, well you do know Lowry is going to be the starting second baseman for the Oakland Athletics this year. I don't know if you I, I uh, saw yeah. That. that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God, seriously? He would he play five games for, him, for the Mets? He didn't, no, he only bat. He didn't play in the field. No, he didn't. That's right. That's he right. didn't play in the field. So. So let's let's think about um, you know not a not a prognostication, but from what you've seen uh, in the rest of the National League East, um, what it, what intrigues you? I mean, obviously, we Atlanta always is always going to be you know a topic of the top. You know, Washington, you know, can be up or down. You know, you know the only team that you think um, you know the Mets would have an advantage on is is Miami, but. Even then, Miami always seems to have the Mets number. Is it going to seem to be as much of a, a logjam in the uh, NL East as it's been in the past? Yeah, it's going to be a logjam again. I, I don't think the Marlins are going to be able to keep up with everyone else. They didn't really add much uh, this year, and I think they benefited from the shorter season last year. Uh, the Phillies, I think they tend to have the same problems the Mets do with a lot of inconsistency of their rotation. It has some good names in it, but their bullpen is atrocious, just like the Mets. So that's going to really hurt them. Um, Nationals, I was surprised as poorly as they played last year, but they also suffered injuries, and you never really know them. And like you said, the Braves, they're, they're kind of one of the gold standards of baseball. They find a way to not lose for very many years in a row. They have young talent. Uh, they have some veteran core players. They've added talent every year. So they're definitely going to be the right? toughest team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Charlie Morton's one of those unsung heroes that seems to come out of nowhere. He was picked off the scrap heap a few years ago. Uh, bounced around, and he's one of the better pitchers in the league now. And he's wearing a Braves uniform. It's, it's amazing how they just turn it out every year. But then when it comes to the playoffs, they find a way to to uh choke it out um mm. your thoughts you know generally around the league you, uh, um does anybody have the the wherewithal to challenge the defending champion dodgers i can't believe i'm saying that word defending <laughs> champion dodgers <laughs> yeah i think this year is a year when we're gonna see some new uh teams really get into the mix we saw the padres do a ton this offseason yeah. that got people really excited I see a lot of people picking them as their uh, World Series champion. So they're definitely going to give the Dodgers a run for their money, even in their division. Uh, the White Sox, too, is another team that improved a lot. They've been waiting for a while to see if their young talent develops, and even after losing Jimenez for a few months, mm -hmm. I think they're still going to be pretty good. Uh, Dodgers, yeah, they, they still have some, some way, somehow, even as the players get older, they still stay competitive because... 
as those guys like Justin Turner and Kenley Jansen just get older, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, they have new, they have new guys. They have Walker Bueller, Cody Bellinger, and so on. Uh, so they did, they just seem to have new guys replacing the other ones. And I'm sure I don't really follow their minor league system. I'm sure they have other guys just ready to go at the, uh, at one phone call. And wouldn't you want to really now get a job working for Fernando Tatis in some way with all that money he's getting? I mean, yeah, that. That would be pretty good. I'm sure uh, someone that could go around shining his shoes or uh, making his bed in the morning. I mean, with all that money, wow! And he and he's so young too. He's got to be stupid with that money. So that, that that's a, that's a great suggestion, actually. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, having uh, again having a father as a, a major league ball player, hopefully, uh, I think you know he'll put his say into things. Thank God it's thank God he doesn't have a father like uh, you know Alonzo Ball does in basketball. You know, so I think. I think he'll, I think he'll be able to spend his money wisely and be smart about it. But, uh, listen, to, we really appreciate you joining up for, uh, hanging out with us for a little bit. But, uh, let's, uh, give a plug and tell how people can, uh, get in touch with, you, you know, your writing and the, and the great writing of your, your team. Sure. So the website's, uh, risingapple.com. It's part of the, uh, fan sided group. They have lots of great websites. I'm not going to make this sound too much like a commercial. But, uh, yeah, that we, I'm, I'm always welcome to let other people apply to the site too. Uh, we're always looking for new writers. We have a very diverse group. We have people outside of the country, people of all ages, ethnicities. Yes, that's uh, what I've really appreciated. So, uh, that. That's what I would no, say. That's really what pre- we would like. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, continue, please. I'm sorry. That's oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I was just going to say, I really like the diversity that we have, uh, with with our website right now, um, people of all different uh, experiences. Yeah, that 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 and that's what makes it a great a great site. And, and there's always and there's, and again, I always like to to read my stuff, get some info, and get a laugh out of it too. And and that's what your site has always been been giving to us. Listen, Tim, we really appreciate you uh, joining us tonight on WGBB Sports Talk. And again, as the season comes on, we'd love to have you come back and uh, choose some more baseball facts with us. Oh, absolutely, Gary. Thank you so much. And uh, because I know you love the French so much, I'll just end this with an au revoir. Well done, monsieur. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Have a good night. Thanks again, Tim. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right. Again, Tim Boyle from risingapple.com, a great site. And like I said, it's what I really love is the diverse group of people that, that write on their team. Uh, we were, you know, as you know, John, we were part of the fan side of the team, and they really love to have a lot of people covering their team, you know, their individual teams. And, um, you know, like I said, they do, they do a great job. And, uh, like I said, we want to promote them any chance we get, but so it's nice to be a little bit, uh, you know, have some positivity about the Mets for a change, change. you know, minus the bullpen. I, I, I really think they got a handle on it. If they could figure out some kind of a way to, to get through, the first couple of months, because you're going to get Carrasco back, you're going to get Syndergaard back, you're going to get Lugo back. That's the important. It part. looks like it's June one that they're all coming back on the radar, and that's a big thing. So if you can come out of those first, think think fifty games, you come out twenty five and twenty five. You know, at that point, you've got to be happy with that. Right. That's the important thing. Yeah, I mean, the only big question, of course, you know, just with anything in sports these days, is how is COVID. Yeah, going to affect baseball this year. You know you're going to have a seven-inning doubleheader. 
You know you're going to have a runner on second to start an extra inning, and I don't like that, but I get why they're doing it. Um, they still, I guess we're not having the DH in the NL. I, they, yeah. they never said it, but I, I assume that's not. So you're going to have pitchers hitting, which I don't mind. But, uh, yeah, baseball's going to be, it's going to be fun to get back to 162 game season. It's going to be good getting to see games in April again. And, uh, that's, uh, again, something to look forward to on the radar. Uh, so, uh, one half of hour two is in the books. Uh, we invite you to give us a call in the second half hour. We'll talk uh, all things New York sports, but please uh, join us on the line and uh, give us your opinions on everything, anything you want to talk about in the sports world. The number to reach us is 516-623-1240. Again, 516-623-1240. Gary and John here on Sports Talk 1240. One more set of commercials, and we'll be back to finish the show. You're listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Country Foot Care, official podiatrists of the New York Lizards, have been delivering state-of-the-art foot care with good old-fashioned caring to Long Island residents for over 30 years. Specialists in sports medicine and foot injuries, Country Foot Care can be reached at 516-741-FEET or online at countryfootcare.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gustbuster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit Gustbuster.com and get your Gustbuster today. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. All right, WGBB Sports Talk New York. Gary and John back with you for our last segment of the evening. We've made it through the first half of hour number two. We are hitting the second half hour. Again, we want you to give us a call to the station. Number you can reach us here is 516-623-1240. Again, 516-623-1240. Um, so uh, we, I, again, you know, people that know us, we are not big basketball fans, but uh, you can't help but be happy for people that are Knicks fans. Yeah. You know, uh, right now they're 23 and 22. They are number five, I believe, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, last year there were what twenty games under five hundred yeah. with, 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 with not even a full season. So uh, new coach, new attitude, new players, a lot of excitement. Uh, you can't help but feel good for New York sports fans when things like that happen. Um, you know, it's a great story. The Nets are battling for number one in the East. Um, did you, I don't know if you saw they were interviewing James Harden yes the other day, and they asked. Uh, you know, um, 
you know, what do you think uh, your chances are of of the MVP? And he basically said, I am the MVP. I know <laughs> it. I'm like, wow. Ooh. That's some confidence. That's some confidence, dude. You know, um, you know, I really think that he might be, you know, judging by the way things are going. Um, you know, he left the Houston Rockets. They lost 17 games in a row. You know, he comes to the Nets and they, they start playing well. But, of course, you got, you know, the other two parts of the three-headed monster, right. you know, um, unfortunately injured. But when they're on, they are amazingly on. Uh-oh. Swami Kreischer is on the line. Uh-oh. Hello, Paul. <laughs> Paul. Paul. Are you on the line, What's Paul? going on, guys? What's going on, Paul? How's Not life? Much. How you guys been? How's life in Pennsylvania? Uh, not bad. Not bad? Warm days, cold nights. It's actually not too bad. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so what have you got to say, my friend? What do you think's going on? Any rumors? Uh, any hearsay? As far as what? Any gossip? Anything. Any hearsay? I mean, any... that's a big can of worms there, what's going on. Well, you know, Um, but you're good at you're good at spilling yeah, it out. you find out these things that nobody else can find out. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> oh, the pressure. Um... <laughs> Well, no, just you know, thought, just who, thought, who would just... you guys like at the trade deadline? Let's have some fun. All right. Well, John is John has mentioned uh, Mr. Palmieri in New that's Jersey. That's who my I, I, that's one. Since the last time we talked privately, Paul, uh, yes. especially with the the uh, the last three games of uh, the Blue Jackets and the the eminent talk that maybe uh, Mr. Tortorella is on a on a on a very very short leash. I would love for them to go after Felino. Yeah, that's an- another one on the radar now. I'm sorry, go after who? Felino. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, that's. I, the, I, that's... I think. I think everybody's price right now. I, I, I think everybody wants Palmieri. I think everyone wants Felino, um, and they're all great choices. Um, the the question is with Felino. Will Columbus pull a Panarin and Bobrovsky and keep Felino? To make a run at the playoffs, judging now they've got to they've got to climb two or three spots, and it's not going to be an easy climb right now. No, their goaltending no, is suspect. You know they're not they're not, it's a, not but they're still in it. And for, as far as Kyle Palmieri goes, he's expensive. He's in demand. Yeah. And I'm sure the Islanders are not the only ones going after Kyle Palmieri. Yeah, I'm hearing and Boston seri- as, very as serious. As the three about of us that. know, Lou is not going to trade out of, out of a uh, disadvantage. So, um, I would personally would love Palmieri, but I, I I may refocus my attention back to Taylor Hall. Really? Only because. I- Buffalo is willing to retain half his salary. Oh, I haven't heard that. Buffalo's part. trying wow. to get rid of him. I see. I wasn't Taylor sold Hall on him. Taylor Hall wants out. Yeah, I wasn't and sold on him. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Taylor Hall has the Islanders as a possible go-to, you know, go-to team if he is traded. No, his relationship with Lou would help too. That's always a, that's always yeah. a benefit. That's always a benefit. Yeah. Here's a here's a here's a here's an Islander question for you on the other side of the coin. 
And sure. I've heard it go around, and, and, and I think we've talked about it, but I want to get your, your thoughts publicly, so if anybody wants to bash <laughs> you, they can. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 this is, no, it's, it's not that bad. You know, with the talk of everybody ripping Leo Komarov, and, and I haven't, I haven't been totally negative on him because I've seen some things that have, that have, I would say not made him in good favor, but in decent favor. And yeah. he's done some good things, good some things in the corners, and has gotten some opportunities for the guys, but they just haven't capitalized on it. And being that I think he's played a couple of games, do you think maybe it's possible the time to maybe potentially, you know, before the deadline, bring an Andrew Ladd back up here and put him in there to fill that size presence on the line with Eberle and Barzell that I think they desperately need? If there was a time to bring up Andrew Ladd, it's now. Um, wow, I know you something. Know, Uncle Leo, in all honesty, I know fans want to get rid of him, but you need him for the playoffs. No, you do. You do. There's you need no him for the do. playoffs. You do. And he's, he's got I, a lot I think of value. a lot of people are just trying to make that Butch Goring trade and make that good run in, at least into the conference finals. And a lot of fans seem, seem to forget that we went to the conference finals last year with Leo Kamenov. Um Andrew Ladd, for whatever reason, it has not been playing. And... To be honest with you, it's a head scratcher. Maybe it's a cap reason. That's the only way I could see Andrew Ladd no longer playing. For cap reasons. But and even if, if it's for a couple of games. Anymore, well, that's where he is. Yeah, I mean, even if it's just for a couple of games, I can't see the reasoning. He what? You know, even if it's just for a couple of games. Just to, yeah. just to, just again, just to give, you know, that, you know, that size thing. Everybody, you know, and again, we talked about it, I believe, in, in the interview with Gill and, you know, other people have said it. You know, everybody's saying, oh, put Wallstrom on the first line. Put Wallstrom on the first line. The no. balance on this team is so good right now. Why do you want to mess up the apple cart? Because people still don't get the fact that the Islanders win as a team. Right. People still don't get that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you put Wallstrom on the first line, what's he going to get, a hat trick every night? Is that what everybody wants? When you put Beauvillier with Pajot and Wallstrom, guess what? You're winning most of the nights now. Who cares where he plays? Right. Yeah. Right, because in, 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 the, Barry, in the Barry Pajot's trots... like his man. Right, in the Barry... He, he loves playing with Pajot, and I'm sure Pajot loves playing with the kids. Look, Oliver Wallstrom is eventually going to turn into the Alex Ovechkin type of player. He's not there yet. He's learning it. He's not there yet. Mm-hmm. He will be. Yep. You know, people... There are quite a few fans, and I've said this so many times, Gary and John, you both know this. Some people are just the illegitimate children of Mike Milbury in rushing <laughs> the prospects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leave them alone. And you know what? I'm going to throw Sorokin in here as well. Here's my little gripe. Okay. Everyone has been skyrocketing with Sorokin. He won eight in a row. My opinion, big whoop de doo He beat New Jersey. He beat Buffalo. And he's beating a bad Philadelphia team. 
Okay, everyone's proclaiming him to be a 1B goalie. He's not. He's as good as the Islanders are that night. His athleticism is what's getting him through the games. He's not yet ready to steal a game against Pittsburgh or Washington. Why? Because he's still learning the NHL game. Anyone who puts him as a 1B goaltender after, what, nine games? I don't know what they're watching. It's just, it bugs the heck out of me. And I'm trying not to curse because Gary told me not to curse before the show. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, At least I know he reads his text. But it, it's just so annoying that the fans want to rush the prospects just to appease them. Uh, I mean, the, the team's practically on pace for 112 points over an 82-game season, gentlemen. You can't ask this team to do much more than what they're doing. Yes, they're, they're in competition with the Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Gentlemen, they're the last two teams, basically, to win Stanley Cups. Right. Throw in Tampa. Yeah. They're all doing the same thing the Islanders are doing right now. You wonder what kind They're of... asking them to beat former champs. You don't do that in the regular season. You wonder what, what, what you Paul do it had in for the lunch playoffs. Yeah. Let's see yeah. how these kids perform in the playoffs before we announce them. The next Ovechkin, the next Bossy, the next Bertuzzi, whoever it is, the next Billy Smith. Just take a breather. Well, it, it's really interesting you should say that because... Ranch I, over. Well, it's interesting you should say that because I remember not that long ago listening to a presser with, uh, with Barry Trotz after one of Sorokin's victories. And he sort of made the point of, well, he really doesn't look at a goalie as being elite until they have at least 100 games under their belt in the NHL. Absolutely. And that, and that was a very striking comment to make because the question was like, well, you know, you think, you think he's the real deal now, and is he going to get more starts and blah, blah, blah. And Barry said, well, you know, just from, you know, he went back to his days, you know, coaching in Nashville and stuff, and he said the one thing I've learned is you can't really judge a goaltender until he's played at least 100 games. Yes, and a, and a perfect example of that, John, would be Carter Hart. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everyone had this kid pegged to be like the next Ron Hextall, Ron Hextall in Philadelphia. Yes, he may still be up to that point, but look what he's doing this year. He's struggling because the rest of the team is struggling. He is still learning and crafting his game. Islander fans should not put Sorokin where Carter Hart is right now because Sorokin may actually go through that, or he is going through that, and he's going to continue to go through that. Well, he's gone through one bad. He's gone one. Again, Let I'm not debating. He's gone through one bad develop. game. Worry about the vet. Let's see yeah. what happens. Gary, I agree. I don't know where Andrew Ladd is. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. What you I wish he was up, but you know what? I got to give the kids credit. Maybe Michael Del Cole is playing a better game overall than Andrew Ladwood. Who knows? And of course, now he got hurt. So you know, Del Cole got hurt again. Del Cole, he's he was out last game, and he's out he's out tomorrow as well. Yeah. What is his injury? Is it? I guess they don't say. Was it lower body on on Del Cole, Paul? What's that? Was it lower body injury on Del Cole? Yeah, probably just. Again. I think he blocked the shot. In all honesty. Um, yeah. I think he blocked a shot, and he'll be back, I think, by, like, the, uh, sometime this week. Yeah. I don't think we should worry too much about Del Cole. 
No, no, but I think he's he he actually I thought it progressed nicely. You know, he's he's getting his role. Yeah, all the all the kids have even yep. Bellows, even Bellows for the short amount of time. He's taken advantage of the opportunities. Granted, he's probably he probably should be a little bit further ahead of the curve than he should be, but you know, even he's played well. Well, again, some guys just but some guys. Danny Johnson's system is so shall we say advanced that it takes veterans who have used this system before in their careers to actually get themselves going. And it's amazing what the kids have been able to do, including Oliver Wallstrom. He just gets it now. Yep. He's and... letting the game come to him. It's what we saw with Beauvillier last year in the playoffs. The game came to him. That's what that's what all these kids have to do. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, that in that rant, I was wondering what you had for lunch today, but, you know... <laughs> That was a good Paul rant. We haven't had a real good, a good Paul rant in a while. And he was clean. Yeah. No curse words. <laughs> he was clean. I won't get in trouble. I, I appreciate that. More than you know. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, for those of you who want Palmieri and Foligno, um, you may want to go Foligno, in my honest opinion, but I, I nothing would shock me if if um, Taylor Hall was an Islander yeah, in another and week. And Ricard Raquel Maybe went sooner down. than that. Ricard because, Raquel, gentlemen, you also have to remember now, um, you know, this is still a pandemic season. The the quicker you get rid of a big contract like Taylor Hall, the more money these owners get to save, which is what every owner is trying to do at this point, because uh, every dollar counts. So the quicker Buffalo can trade Taylor Hall at this point, uh, the better off they are. And Buffalo's really... Buffalo to me is like at the biggest disadvantage out of everyone in the NHL for the obvious reasons. So if you if, if they can get rid of Taylor Hall as quickly as possible, I think I could see Lou taking advantage of that. Now, there's a couple of other players um, that are possibly available, but both Andrew Gross and Art Staple have basically written that Lou wants to go after a rental. So stick with that. If there's anyone with a one-year contract left, Put them lower on your list, and we'll see what happens. You know, we still got a couple of weeks to go, but you know, for right now, I'd look at a rental. Yeah, I mean, we were, John and I were talking before uh, before uh, the interview with Gil. We were talking about Buffalo, but how would you, you? Let's put you in Jack Eichel's shoes right now. How do you feel? You know, the well, if I, if, if I'm the Sabers, you're still in a good spot. You're trading Taylor Hall. You're trading Jack Eichel, who I still think is going to be traded at this trade deadline. You, you think, think so? Um, you really think so? You can rebuild with uh, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, uh, Reinhardt at center, and I forgot their goalie. I just had his name and it went blank. Oh you, got a, you got a decent young core there still. You trade away some of these expensive contracts, rack up a couple of good draft picks, maybe a couple of prospects in between. And the Buffalo Sabres are going to be okay in another year or two. They still have some stuff, but get rid of all the dead weight at this point, and that includes Jack Eichel. You really think they're going to trade Eichel and Hall? Jack Eichel was not ready to be the leader of the Buffalo Sabres. He'll be better. He kind of reminds me of Jason Spezza. Jason Spezza, yes, was captain of the Ottawa Senators, really couldn't do much with them, but you know when he turned into that, you know, second line, third line center didn't really have that leadership role. He turned out to be, you know, he had a much, you know, serviceable career, career after that. So I think that's where Jack Eichel's going to end up. He'll be that second tier center that 
you know, where the spotlight won't be on him, and I think he'll be better for it. I don't know. To me, I, I, I thought if he, you know, if he had, again, if he had talent, or, and, and it's, again, maybe it's a mistake of the of saber management. But if he had decent, you know, you thought he had decent talent around him that he would make some of these guys better. But you know, you know, t- you try to try to tell your fan base you're going to trade, you know, not only this, you know, this rental you picked up with Hall for a year, but to, to trade your 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 franchise player. I think it's going to be tough for the fans to swallow. Ah, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Gary, we we and John, we 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 both lived through this through the nineties. This this was the dark ages for the Islanders. Islander fans, the older Islander fans will know exactly what Buffalo's yeah, going. I guess through right trading now. Ziggy yep. players who don't want to be there, constantly going through a rebuild. We, we it, it's a been there, done that for us. But you know, the Buffalo Sabers do have money in their ownership, so. Again, if they spend wisely this time, and really, I I actually like the idea of Buffalo going after Taylor Hall with Jack Eichel. I like that idea. It just didn't work. Yeah. But you know, when people don't want to be there, you got to change the culture, and that's where the head coach and general manager are going to come in, and that's where the Islanders succeeded in getting Lula Morello and Barry Trotz, and then they brought in the character players needed uh, to better the locker room. So. The Buffalo Sabres better take a, you know, take notes from what the Islanders did and try to rebuild the team that way. I don't think they should take that long. I don't think we're we're not looking at a three or four year away, you know, then maybe maybe two years at most. But you can bring in a big, you know, head, to, you know, coach, general manager, some, you know, get respectability back to Buffalo, and the fans will be all right with it for now. But the the fans will have. The management on a very short leash. Yeah, it has to be extremely you know, short. I mean, you know, I mean, Kevin Adams has to get a get a coach, and you know, and, and get the right one. I mean, you know, Kruger was an unfortunate, unbelievable disaster for them. Um, so, six game homestand coming after Monday um, for the Islanders. Yeah. Out of a twelve possible points, I mean, of course, we want. We won twelve. What do you think is an acceptable number for him? Oh, eight out of twelve. Eight out of twelve. Eight out of twelve, okay. out of the 12 points. That's fine, gentlemen. We're going to be doing this all the way through May. Um, it, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's true. Granted, the you know the Islanders have done very well at home, um, but you know we're we're going to be in a race all the way until the beginning of May. Um, you know, every point counts, just like Barry Trotz said. It's, you know, it's practically a playoff atmosphere. Um, as long as the team can stay healthy. And I'm not going to lie. I, I would like the Islanders to make a trade early. I don't want them to really wait until April 12th. Um, anytime after this weekend would be great. Um, I think a good time to make a trade would probably be after tomorrow um, with Pittsburgh. Um, Couple you know, of days make off. A trade, give yourself a little bit of time. Get the player acclimated as soon as possible, and you know, go for the cup. But I, the longer Lou waits, I I don't think it would be very wise. So, uh, for me, eight out of twelve is fine. Um, that you know, as long as they keep their game simple, they play it the way they're supposed to play, and not pretty much play like they did against Pittsburgh last night. <laughs> uh, they should be all right, but. You know, this is going to be a battle 
all the way through May. It, it, you know, even even the Rangers are going to make this interesting if they keep winning. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm not I'm not overly concerned just yet about you know how many points through this homestand because I think the Islanders are going to be in it all the way through May, and uh, you know everyone's blood pressure will be going up anyway. And I think it's going to be an exciting time. So you know, hey, we you know it'd be good to be going to. Uh you know, the playoff games in, in shorts and stuff, you know, yeah. hockey jerseys and shorts. That'll be, that'll be fun. And dead silence. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, I said, I said it could be interesting going to hockey playoff games in June and a jersey and a pair of shorts, you know. I mean, we're not used to having long runs, and it would be nice to have a yeah, long, very a nice long, long run. run that we can go to. Oh, and I'm, I'm excited for Islander fans because I think you are going to have a long run. Um, I, I, I'll say this now. Well, I'm not going to say it now. Bring me back next month. Let's see what the trade deadline actually gives us, and we'll go from there. But, uh, you know, I still don't trust Boston. I think, you know, it would go seven games with Washington. Uh, I think we still can beat Pittsburgh in a seven-game series. Um, Philly or the Rangers? I don't know. We'll find out. I think we can beat both of them. So, you know, if we can avoid Boston and Washington in the first round, I like our chances. Mm-hmm. But let's see what the trade deadline gives us first, and then we'll go from there. That's it. Well, listen, Paul, we'll let you go. we got to finish the show here. Appreciate the call, as always, my friend. And uh, islestalk.com and uh, islestalk on Facebook is the place to find uh, Mr. Kreischer talking about his stuff. And uh, maybe Wednesday night he might do another Facebook Live uh, show, are you? Yeah, we are going to do we are going to do a show on Wednesday, and uh, don't know what the topic is just yet, but we'll come up with something as we always do. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you then. All right, Paul. all right, guys, take care. All right, easy. Ah, wow, almost done. Two hours in the books. Nice, nice job, John. Yeah, nice job. I know you were. I know you worked hard on it. You know? Yeah, really, we yeah. both did. <laughs> no. Hey, it's been an all day affair yeah, for me. True, you know, actually, since nine o'clock this morning. Yeah, ten o'clock this morning. I'm on the air with, with uh, our friend Andy Walsh in the, in the UK, and again, uh, New York Islanders UK supporters branch uh, is the place to check out our uh, our UK buddies that follow the Orange and Blue. Um, again, they're a great bunch of people. Um, I've known a bunch of them for many many years, and uh, <clears throat> some I call real good mates. So. Uh, <laughs> a good place to to get some banter going and again remember they're when you're watching a game at seven o'clock they're watching a game at midnight so it's pretty crazy yeah you got to be gentle but um again we thank andy welsh for joining us tonight we thank gil martin from the hook uh, locked on islanders podcast uh again a great place to get daily scoops on our favorite team um he does a his podcast goes up every monday through friday morning early so uh, definitely check it out. I've been on a couple of times. It's been fun. So, uh, And, again, we thank Tim Boyle from the RisingApple.com uh, site to, that joined us to talk about the Mets. Again, I am so excited for baseball. I'm stoked. Great. I'm stoked. You know, especially, you know, afternoon games when I'm sitting in my home office. You know, it's like I, I, you know, it's funny. When I worked in the city, I always try to, you know, sneak, you know, sneak my phone and, you know, check out games going on. But, you know, now that I'm home – Hope my boss isn't listening. Yeah, I, was say, I hope, your boss, I hope my boss isn't listening. But yeah, but <laughs> but again, you know, I you know, I watch it with the you know with the with the audio off. But then again, how can you turn the audio off with Gary, Keith, and Ron on? Yeah. You know, but you know, but it's 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 great that 
you know, we're getting to a point in our lives that, you know, people are getting vaccinated, people are getting, you know, they're fully functional, you know, hopefully the rates start going down and people start getting, stop getting stupid. And we get to a point that by the end of the summer, we're really starting to be able to do almost as much normal activity as possible, um, which means hopefully getting 50% or more attendance at baseball games, which would be great. Um, you know, and then by then, hopefully, you know, the Islanders are having a Stanley Cup parade. Hopefully. And getting ready for their new building in, El- in, in Elma and... Uh, you know, I want. I hope that we can get a full crowd for that opening night game in the UBS Arena, which would be absolutely amazing. You know, I, I, again, there's there's good times, there's good things in the future, and you know, as New York sports fans, we have to believe that from all aspects. But uh, again, we thank our guests, Andy Welsh, Gil, Gil Martin, and uh, Tim Boyle for joining us. John, always always a pleasure having you by my side. Uh, and thank Brian Graves for uh, helping out as always. Yep. Comment. Comment. Didn't bring the coffee. Didn't I bring the coffee. It. You brought, brought it your it. own. <clears throat> yes, you had good. Just dunk- for the record. Just for the record, you had good Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It was good. But uh, again, uh, the place to check us out um, for the podcast is wgbbsportstalk.com. The WGBB Sports Talk podcasts are available anywhere you get your podcasts. So make sure you check us out. And in the words of my friend, the late great Islander superfan Bill Hayes, keep skating, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us on WGBB Sports Talk, and have a great evening. Views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.